you are Locked On Indians, your daily Cleveland Indians podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Another season in the books. It is Jeff Ellis, your host here at Locked On Indians. Soon, I'm sure we'll be transitioning to Locked On Guardians. If you do not know me, every podcast is potentially someone's first. I used to be the lead MLB draft and prospect analyst over at 24-7 and Scout. And I wrote or guest wrote or (laughs) did some pieces for every Cleveland sports blog you have ever read. I have had a very busy day of sporting, but I want to take a moment and thank everyone for making Locked on Indians your first listen. And remember, Locked on Indians is free and available on all platforms. Uh, so while I was watching the Browns, because the Browns game was mostly over before baseball started today, I was sitting down and working on my way too early mock. And I put that out over on my Twitter at Jeff MLB Draft. If Twitter isn't your thing, uh, you can also find that over at MLBDraftNow.blogspot.com. For those who are not too familiar, I do this every year. Uh, and I'm formatting got a little bit weird at least at the top it looks like different fonts for some reason on my first paragraph to the rest blogspot is free and you're getting free content but i've been doing this for gosh probably almost a decade now the minute the season ends every team who doesn't make it i sit back and do a mock for them and i use historical data i go through Uh, in some ways this is like the cleanest mock i do because there isn't any agent telling me anything there isn't any uh, you know, person from a team giving me bad information or giving me information they think is correct, but they were given bad information. This is just looking purely at data and trying to put together who's the most likely player to be selected. Might be some surprises in there. Uh, I, I give each pick also gives me a sleeper where it gives me a chance to explain why another player could be selected or just to put something really outrageous out there uh, off the wall to look at. We'll jump down to the Indians pick. And then the other thing with this is teams get eliminated. I have them in. It's just, it's a fun way to go about doing it. A way to also make people check back in, come back and look at the list multiple times. So if you do want to help me out, uh, I don't even think I qualify in terms of hits and I don't write often enough. I just don't have the time. Father of two plus this podcast plus a day job. I wish I could write more. It just isn't time in the day for that. Uh, I don't even think there's anything beyond like your basic just side ads from Google. So you can go check it out, get a chance to hear about the names. Uh, if you're not going to go check it out, well, fine. Uh, so long and short of it, for the Cleveland Indians, I mentioned three names. Uh, I have Hunter Barco going to them, the left-handed pitcher from Florida, sleeper Peyton Paulette from uh, right-handed pitcher from Arkansas, and Zach Nito, a shortstop from Campbell. Uh, Paulette is the spin rate dominator uh, not the biggest guy, undersized, and he hasn't been a dominator, but just his spin rates are probably the best amongst any college pitcher, and we know the Indians look at that data. Zach Nito is a small school up the middle guy with great contact skills, plays second, might have to move, or plays short, might have to move to second, and was really strong in the cape, which we know they have a history of. But why is that on Barco, and Barco is just about the perfect one? Uh, they drafted the other two-thirds of that starting rotation in the past draft. They drafted uh, the reliever from Florida and Barco is similar to Tommy Mace in the regard that these are two guys that we kind of expected to see improvement. It's not to say they haven't gotten better, but they haven't had those jumps that we expect. I mean, Tommy Mace went and worked at two other programs trying to add a little more velocity and work. Uh, Florida is a solid, steady program, but we have seen a lot of people kind of go there and not make the next step. That has been kind of a common theme since the heydays of guys like, uh, 
AJ Puck and Alex Fiedo, Logan Shore. I know I'm missing someone else from those kind of big Florida days, uh, but those are the first few names that pop into mind. Since then, they really haven't had that high pick guy, that, that player who stood out for them in terms of pitching. Uh, and then even hitting-wise, they had their issues with uh, Jude Fabian a year ago. But uh, for every reason, the Indians liked the other guys. You know, it's a strikeout per nine over 10, a walk per nine under three, uh, four pitches. His best pitch is that slider. We know they like slider-based pitch uh, players who have advanced sliders for secondary offerings. Uh, basically, my question comes down to his age, and surprisingly, I did not go and look that up. You would think that that'd be like the first thing I would look at or consider when I'm looking at uh, any player in terms of, you know, age relative to the class. Uh, he will turn 21 in December. So he's average age, nothing particularly grand one way or another uh, for a draft prospect. But yeah, so that's that's who I had for the Indians in my way too early mock. I'm not sure if I mentioned it, but they are picking 16th overall. I want to point this out because this is one of the few spots they have never picked in the draft. They have never had the 16th overall pick. And that's weird in a way because the baseball draft, uh, there are picks who went away, picks that get taken in or out of the draft, not just because of like the Astro situation, but teams would lose a first round pick. Now it used to be, uh, if I signed your free agent, the other team got their first round. It was kind of a big bonus actually for some teams, but if you're other teams, it could be a big negative. Uh, for instance, like the CC Sabathia trade where, uh, the first rounder went to the Braves or to So instead, uh, Milwaukee got a second rounder for Sabathia. So there's things like that. But when you're looking at never having had the 16th overall pick, that's, that's a little unusual. If you're curious, other picks they've never had in the top 30 are the first pick, uh, I've talked about that before. Every time they had the worst record in baseball, it was a year. The NL had the top selection, just bad luck as always. Also never picked third, 19th, 25th, or 30th. 30, there was two others after that in the 30s. But in the top rounds, they've never picked first, first, third, 16th as of now, 19th, 25th, or 30th. After they pick 16th this year, there'll be five spots in the top 20, top 30, I should say, they have never had. Who have they taken at 15th? Well, you have Alex White, Taylor Naquin, and Alvin McGrew. Uh, we all know Naquin. You may or may not remember White. He was a pretty big prospect and was one of the central players for uh, Ibaldo Jimenez, probably the number two player in that deal. Alvin McGrew was the 1969 draft. They did not sign him, or no, they did sign him. Decent line in AAA that year. Uh, 316, 405, 426, McGrew was an outfielder, if you're curious. And in terms of the 17th overall pick, let's not bury the Charles Nagy, you know, one of their best first-round picks of the history of the franchise. The next two injury issues, uh, Brady Aiken, we've talked about. That's, you know, not a name that you really want to discuss. And then Dan Denham, uh, who was a pretty big prospect for them, Deer Valley High School in, uh, let's see, what year? That was 2001. That's kind of an infamous draft class if you're an Indians fan. Denham did get up to AAA, both with the Indians and with uh, Oakland. When he got up to AAA Buffalo, uh, it was not great. Split season in 2005 when he was 22 years of age as a starter. Uh, he just never missed bats. Said 16th overall pick. There's no bad juju on this pick. Can, is that still a thing or can I not say that? Let me know on Twitter. It's a pick that's complete clean slate for the Indians. They have no previous history at the 16th overall pick. Now, if you're curious, the greatest 16th overall picks in the history of Major League Baseball by uh, war, we have an Ohio State player in the top five. Give you a second to think about it. Lance Berkman, by significant margin, number one, Rice University, first baseman, 52 war. Next up, we have Lance Parrish. You might remember him listed as an infielder. I remember him as a catcher with the Detroit Tigers taken in 
Berkman was 97. Parrish was 74. High schooler out of Walnut High School in Walnut, California. 1991, Toronto Blue Jays from the Giants, a comp uh, pick. Sean Green from Tutston High School in Tutston, California. I have not seen Tutston as a name since then. Uh, he would go to the Dodgers. Uh, be great with the Blue Jays. I feel my memory of Sean Green is that that contract became a albatross to the Dodgers. Fourth overall, Nick Swisher. That is your Ohio State player uh, to the Athletics. That was another comp pick. They got that one from the Red Sox. The fifth overall player is someone I don't know. Maybe this is a bad look, but Bernie Carbo from Livonia High School in Livonia. I got family from Livonia, Michigan. Uh, 16th overall pick to the Reds in 1965. Kind of an old friend alert. I, you know, Roberto Hernandez, the closer, was with Cleveland for a very short period. He is next on the list. The sixth best player was actually taken by the Angels from another comp pick. Uh, the University of South Carolina, Aiken. Uh, Brett Laurie, who has been kind of, I would almost view him as a disappointing player based on the hype of him as a prospect. And after that great first season, uh, when he went, he was part of what, the Donaldson return, I want to say. I could be wrong. Now I should click on him to confirm that. But uh, he's the seventh highest war, uh, Brooksville High School in Langley, British Columbia. Wally Bachman. Backman, I should say, the Mets shortstop, but I want to say he was a third baseman from Aloha High School in Aloha, Oregon. Scott Bankhead. Uh, oh, I'm so Lowry was uh, 2008. Backman was 77. Scott Bankhead is an 84, and he is University of North Carolina at Chapel Hill. Jason Jennings of the Rockies. I remember him. Uh, 11.2 from Baylor in 1999. And then, let's see, so... What everyone loves counting one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten is Jennings. So eleven is Lucas Giolito. So he's got a chance to obviously fly past. I mean, he's got an eleven point one war. Jennings eleven point two. Bankhead eleven point three. So he's going to cross them pretty easily. Uh, Pat Tabler, former friend alert, taken by the Yankees. Uh, he is down that list as well. Uh, J.P. Crawford has a chance to rise further on these list of players, taken 16th overall. But, you know, obviously won't find any Indians because there haven't been any. And last year, uh, though, another old friend alert, Billy Traber was taken with the 16th overall pick. Uh, so we have a few uh, Indi- former Indians who, at the time they were drafted, were not yet Indians, what future would become Indians. But last year, this pick netted the Marlins Khalil Watson, which was one of the biggest steals of the entire draft. And we'll kind of leave it there, going a bit long, talking about the 16th overall pick. Uh, we originally talked about some more of that 2001 draft class. I'm going to cut it. We'll discuss that class later during the offseason. But we're going to take a quick commercial break and then come back and talk about this last three games of the Indians baseball season. It is time to get your TV together. Does this sound familiar? If you got one device that lets you catch the game live, no, it lets you stream your favorite shows. You're watching sports highlights on your phone. You've got your neighbor's best friends log in for the good stuff. I want to tell you about a simple way to get all the entertainment you love without the hassle, and a great way to finally get your TV together. It's called Direct TV Stream, and it brings your live TV and on-demand favorites together like never before, so you can watch your favorite sports, movies, and shows all in one place. That means no more juggling remotes, and no need to buy another device ever again, and the best part, there's no annual contract, so get rid of the clutter and the confusion, and get your TV together with Direct TV Stream. You can learn more at directtv.com. That's directtv.com. Compatible device required. Content varies by package. Get Upside. Hey, Indians slash Guardians fans, this is Jeff Ellis with an incredible app everyone who buys gas needs to know about. Get Upside. My listeners are making up to 25 cents for every gallon of gas every time they fill up. Just download the free Get Upside app in the App Store 
or Google Play right now, use the promo code BASEBALL, and get a bonus $0.25 cents per gallon on your first fill-up. That's up to $0.50 cents cash back. Don't pay full price at the pump anymore. Get cash back using GetUpside. Just download the app for free, and remember to use that promo code BASEBALL to get $0.50 cents off per gallon of gas on your first tank. Some people who drive a lot are making as much as two or $300 a month in cash back, and there's no catch. The cash back gets added to your account. You can cash out any time to your bank account, PayPal, or any gift card for Amazon and other brands. Just download the free GetUpside app and use the promo code BASEBALL to get up to 50 cents per gallon cash back on your first tank. That's code baseball. So let's talk about baseball games, the final games of the season for the Cleveland Indians. Uh, kind of say that bittersweetly. There is the whole, okay, so they finish a game under 500, essentially. And, you know, if everyone had been healthy, if they haven't, but no team is always healthy. <laughs> like having your whole rotation for the year. So let's, let's say just we get Bieber back. I mean, even a healthy Bieber three to four more wins in the positive they're not in the wild card chase the wild card team to even make it i have the standings right here you know the red sox and yankees won 92 games i was predicting the indians to be at about 88 which a healthy bieber gets them close to like i was not that off you know if that bieber savale and uh and plesak make it and or you know if eddie part of that prediction was like you know eddie rosario being eddie rosario which he was not for the indians he was well below average. Uh, I thought he'd be at least average, you know, above average, honestly. Uh, we can hem and haw, but he and haw, I, you know, whatever. We can debate. But uh, yeah, I didn't project, project right, but I wasn't that far off. And in the grand scheme, I feel pretty good about my analysis. Uh, but even if everyone is healthy, this is likely not a playoff team. And it is a team that still needs to add some players. Uh, I, I don't want anyone to sit back and think, now they're kind of close. Maybe they could have could have done it if they just had a, a better, you know, whatever. Uh, no, this is a team that needs some work. So let's get into this one. Starting with our Friday night game, we had Eli Morgan on the mound against uh, Sam Howard, right? The uh, pitcher who Texas got as, uh, you know, he was a big prospect for the Phillies. Didn't always come together. And Okay, so now I'm going through the box scores after, you know, you watch a game, you're doing other things. It's not always 100% your focus. Side note, Adolces Garcia, whew, what a second half implosion. My goodness. Uh, Nate Lowe, who I talked about, maybe the Indians consider trading for. Uh, strong game in this one. We'll get into that. But am I the only one who's going through the box score and you see Abanez? You still think Raul Abanez? Even though, like, I immediately go, there's no way he's still around. That That's where my mind goes. Uh, anyone else, you know, hit me up on Twitter at Draft if your mind went that way as well. So I talked about this game being potentially rough for Morgan. Uh, the one thing you could bet on, I, I mean, I don't know if you could bet. We'd have to go look and see if there was a line over at Bet Online, but I would have said, bet your house that Eli Morgan would give up multiple home runs. Uh, the line would have probably been, you know, like two and a half or something. And then I'd be like, Ugh. but you knew he was going to give up at least two. And he did. Uh, five and two thirds, seven hits, four earned runs, zero walks, two strikeouts, two home runs. He's got to get more strikeouts to be more effective. This is a very weak Texas team. Uh, and he kind of got a little bit lucky in that regard. Nick Wickren gets a third of an inning to help kind of bail him out when things went a little sideways. If you, you missed it and you're surprised to hear that uh, Corinne Chalk was in this game, Owen Miller was placed on the bereavement list uh, for a family emergency. Corinne Chalk comes in, one inning, one strikeout, one of his best performances in a while. Shaw comes in, a hit and a walk, gets out of it. Blake Parker, I mean, at this point, it, it's still a game where, you know, you, you risk 
losing it. I mean, they won, but there's some risk when Parker comes in, gives up two runs on two hits, strikes out two, and gives up a home run. Uh, who reached base twice in this one? Well, you can just kind of go down the line. It, it was a game where Straw had two walks, Rosario had two walks, and no one else had a walk. Rosario also had a hit, two hits by Jose Ramirez and Hanley Ramirez. And then you can go down the rest of the line. And then Andres Jimenez did get hit by a pitch, so he reached base twice. Hedges with his 10th home run, Bobby Bradley with his 16th. Uh, we look at the overall box for scores. Indians had 10 hits and four walks. A hit batter is 15. The error gives them 16 opportunities. Again, nine runs on 16 opportunities is exceptional, especially when it's you know two home runs. And I think in both those cases, they were solo shots. So they really put things together. Uh, got a little, a little bit lucky in some regard. I'm sorry. Yeah, no, uh, zero on, zero on. Yeah, they were both. And they didn't have any other extra base hits. So... Yeah, the Indians got lucky in this one. Uh, I don't think there's a way around that. Uh, we talked about Nate Lowe and then Nathan Lowe, I should say, brother of Josh Lowe. So in the sixth, it's the... Luckily, the Indians are already up 9 nothing. They get the strikeout, a home run, a ground ball. They go get Wickren, and he takes care of Zimmer. So I'm sorry, it was not that they ran into an issue in the fifth. I was like, wait a second, there was not... Or in the sixth. It's like, there wasn't an issue in this game. Uh, you know, Jose Ramirez was trying to get to 30-30 at this point in time in this game. That's kind of the headline over at MLB. As we know, it didn't happen, did not come together for him. He ended up with 27 stolen bases, uh, but he had the multiple hits. So who are our players of the game? Uh, You know, Corinne Chalk, uh, it's been a long season for him. Successful inning, let's give him one. Ahmed Rosario, three times he reached base. That led the team. And then Jose Ramirez with two hits. I know I'm not giving it to the guys who hit the home runs, but... Ramirez is in the center of everything, so those are our three stars. Let's now jump to the loss. Uh, Tristan McKenzie, that is three kind of ugly starts for him in a row. The control wasn't there. Uh, Four innings, four hits, four runs, four walks, two strikeouts, two home runs. Uh, The brilliance that was there at points in time, it's just consistency is still the name of the game for him. I don't know if he was tired. Uh, We discussed throughout the season that I thought he would have an innings limit, and his total number of uh, innings this year were 120. I thought his inning, ew, man, <laughs> I cannot speak. I thought his innings limit would be uh, about 140 composites. Let's go and add those AAA starts, and that's 21.1. So I said 140, he ended up with 141.1. So again, pretty close in my assessment analysis about where I thought they would allow him to get uh, consistency. Again, that just got to be his key. Uh, the walks were high in this one. The players were just waiting where they were attacking early. Uh, I still don't know exactly what McKenzie's going to be. We're even through the course of this year, it's not been, you know, more than a handful of strong starts in a row. When you do this on the daily, you're always looking for like stats and information. You're always kind of like when I jumped up and was very excited about um, Bradley Zimmer's performance before he completely fell apart and no game logs available for Tristan McKenzie. But like his last seven games, for instance, uh, it's a 4.54 ERA, 35 innings, 18 earned runs, just uh, 37 strikeouts. That isn't bad. That's not a just. That's solid. But it's his last three starts were all, and he could have just been tired. So we'll have to wait and see. It is mildly concerning, but not majorly. Uh, Trevor Steffen, we've talked about him and his continuing role with this team. Two innings, one hit, one walk, one strikeout. 
Sam Henches, we talked about how well, maybe he's going to be a you know central figure to this bullpen. Well, one and two-thirds innings, four hits, three runs, uh, a walk, and two strikeouts. Brian Shaw, because of course you need Shaw to come in and pitch in every game of this weekend, gets a third of an inning. Uh, for the Indians, who reached base twice? Well, they only had one walk, and that belonged to Jose Ramirez, who also had a hit. And they did not have a hit batter, so Jose Ramirez is your only player who reached base twice. Your three stars in this one, you give it to Trevor Steffen for two innings of a clean sheet. Jose Ramirez, the only person who reached base twice in this game. And then you either, I think you give it to Miles Straw for your only extra base hit. Uh, going and looking at the box score, five hits and one walk is six opportunities. Chang was hit, so that t- takes you to seven. Two on seven when you don't have a home run is to be expected. So it was a loss, but uh, not a great offense or pitching performance for the Indians in that one. We're going to take a quick commercial break right here and come back and talk about Sunday's game, the final game of the 2021 season. And our sponsor is Built Bar. I have been eating Built Bar all weekend. Let's see what deals they currently have. There's always something fun going over at BuiltBar.com. Mint Puffs, Happiness Wrapped in Chocolate are available. The Cherry Lime Flavor, those are the current specialty orders you can get. Limited time. They're now an official sponsor of NASCAR. They were an official sponsor of the U.S. Track and Field. They are the official sponsor of my breakfast. This is what I eat every day when I am teaching. It is what I can throw together and quickly eat in the car. It's often what I have for breakfast and lunch. I'll have one at breakfast, two at lunch. Helps get me through my day. While also giving me the time to work on other things that I need to get done. It is good for you. It is tasty. It is all the good things. It is the best tasting bar I've had, and it gets an A from my health food app. Do what I do. Go to BuiltBar.com. Use the promo code LOCK15 to get 15% off your order. Start building up those Built Bucks. So every single order, you get an additional $10 plus your Built Bucks over at BuiltBar.com. Remember to use that promo code LOCK15. It's what I use when I buy, and it is the bar that I buy and use daily. BuiltBar.com, promo code LOCK15. So let's talk about the final game as the Cleveland Indians. After this game, that's it. This is the last time we'll have this moniker. For this team, I know for some of you, it is, yeah, I can't wait. For others of you, it is a sadness. We all hate change. <laughs> Nobody likes change. I've spent so much time in the past week, like, missing my, my previous occupation, just missing living in Ohio. Like, I, I like Wisconsin. I like Milwaukee. But, man, I had, like, the best job ever when I was in Ohio. And uh, shout out to Ritman uh, Schools, if anyone out there goes there. I, I taught the elementary, and I just loved everyone there so much. So we all hate change. We all hate that. So I get that general feeling of change with the uh, the Cleveland Indians becoming the Guardians. But this was the final game. And isn't it better to go out on top? What a performance by Aaron Savale. Six innings, three hits, one walk, four strikeouts. He allowed as many base runners as he did uh, strikeouts. I know we could get into the Dane Dunning of it all where there was a whole thing where he could have ended up with uh, a 4.2 ERA and a 6-9 and nine record. Like, that was the big joke of the day, uh, right? And said he's 5-10 and 10 with a 4-5-1 ERA. That, yeah, that was the joke that I saw. I addressed it. We can move on. Uh, and frankly, you know, if you're a Rangers fan, you want to lose this game. If they had won, I don't think they keep the third overall pick in the draft. They got a chance to draft Jace and now have both Jace and Josh Jung. That seems perfect. Wickren comes out. Probably his last performance with the Indians, point two third of an inning, one hit. Good for him. Shaw gets a third of an inning because he had to appear in every game this weekend for some reason. Whatever. It is what it is. He is a free agent. I think he will be invited back on a minor league contract 
or a camp invite, I should say. I think he'll take it. Anthony Ghost has been nice since he's been called up. One inning, two strikeouts. I know I said I thought this was just a reward. He's doing enough to stick around, and we kind of discussed how there's another enough other options to cut from the roster that he just could be here to stay. Uh, Emmanuel Classe, one inning pitched, one strikeout, just a real kick in the pants to the Rangers to have that be the way their season ends is Class A. Uh, well, I mean, yeah, that, that's, that was their opportunity, and uh, yeah, it did not come together for them. Uh, for the Indians offensively, so they had three walks who reached base twice. Ahmed Rosario had a hit and a walk. Uh, you have two hits for Bradley Zimmer, and then Jimenez got hit. That's <laughs> two hits this weekend. I want to give proper uh, credit to, because uh, I always like to give proper credit in general, to at uh, Will Who 99, Willie Hood over who writes at uh, Indians Baseball Insider. He pointed out the splits for Jimenez that in his Last 30 games, 267, 319, 422 slugging. Last 15 games, 302 average, 354 on base, 558 slugging. Last seven, 333, 381, 556. Uh, he definitely got better as he had an opportunity to play. And that's what we've been talking about on the show is that he he has earned that opportunity to be part of the middle infield. He should be the shortstop. Rosario at second base or in the outfield. I Again, I think Rosario, left field, have at it. Now that they got straw, they don't need him to play center. Put him in an even easier to handle spot left field and move on from there. Uh, Franville kind of slowed down as the season was coming to an end. I felt like in this one, home runs, you have Yu Chen Chang who had his ninth. He almost got the double digits. I still stand like somewhere. I don't think he's necessarily going to be at the Indians, especially with him being out of options. When you look at what he did this year, 237 at bats, nine home runs, you're looking at a player, you extrapolate that out over 500 at-bats, you're looking at close to 20 home runs uh, from a guy who can play all the spots on the infield. And if he was given an everyday opportunity, he was an above-average defender at shortstop in the minors. Uh, some people thought maybe third base going forward. He has positional value. Maybe a team will want to trade for him. I don't know, a 693 OPS isn't the worst thing in the world, but they have so many infielders going to have to move on from some of them. That's just the truth of the matter. And I don't know what Chang, what his future in Cleveland will be. But I just want to point out again, a full season of him is on pace for 20 home runs. That It, it just bears repeating. Uh, three stars in this one. Savale, that's pretty easy with his start and performance. You know, a med reach base twice. <laughs> Do I dare give it to Bradley Zimmer, who also reached base twice? I, I think I left him out when I was talking about who reached. I never finished who reached base twice is what happened. Uh, you had a med, you had Bradley Zimmer, and that was it, I believe. Yes, yeah. Uh, Mercado, for a second, I thought did, but I was looking across the box for. Uh, this was a lineup with a lot of players who may not be here in a year. There's always an outside chance they'll trade Jose Ramirez uh, because two years left, he doesn't have the body that traditionally ages well. You know, it's those kind of thicker, smaller guys. Traditionally don't age as well. Entering age 30, one could definitely view this. He was still a excellent, excellent player. Uh, improved defensively. He's going to be worth about six war, but he wasn't quite where he was in previous years. To the how some to some who look at base statistics, I'm going to tell you he was. Uh, so I don't want someone to come out there and come at me and be like, "You said he was." Base statistics. You know, when you go and you look at. Uh, career stats for his entire man, these stats 
don't even have the correct year stats over in the MLB site. How annoying is that? Uh, but like, yeah, you look at some of the things like average and someone's going to look at that and talk about declining average uh, based on, you know, the previous year or that his slugging was down this past year. And yeah, you can look at all of that. And often I do. But I think you also can go through and look at a player who still was highly productive. Even if he wasn't one of the top five players in baseball this year, he was still worth 6.7 war. He just wasn't a seven war guy. But what someone will do is they're going to look at that, talk about how he just turned 29. You have his age 29 and age 30 years under contract. Maybe this is the sell high point. Uh, I don't want that to happen personally again, but you know, there's a chance he could be traded. Chang could be let go. Zimmer could be let go. Mercado could be let go. Hedges could be let go. Wickren could be let go. Go uh, Shaw is a free agent. A lot of people who played in this game may not be back with the Indians in a year. Uh, or I guess no one will be back with the Indians, but a lot of them may not be back with the Guardians. They end the year at 80 and 82. Uh, youngest team in baseball. Dealt with massive injuries. Uh, the minor leagues, you know, the minor leagues are always an ebb and flow. Typically, there are some guys who really excel. There's some guys who fall off. Uh, more guys excelled and pushed their names forward than fell off. Uh, the draft picks, for the most part, did really well. We didn't really get to see much from Carson Tucker. But you look at what Logan Allen and Petey Halpin in particular did to really elevate their cases. And you just talk about, I mean, yes, we already knew about Ty Freeman and George Valera coming into the year. Those were the easy guys. Daniel Espino. Those were the high picks or the big money guys. To me, the excitement when you look at this team is more, you know, the Richie Palacios. It's the Cody Morris. It's the Brian Levestita. It's the guys who have forced you to talk about them who were not in that discussion. It's Logan Allen, who most places was not considered a top 10 pick for the Indians or top 10 prospect, I should say, uh, but ended up right now looking like the best pick they made in that entire draft class. And again, to blow my own horn here, he was my number one rated player from that draft class. I'm, I'm being really, <laughs> really bad about that today. Uh, I guess I'm just into showing off. Uh, and again, you know, as we approach the end of the show, I want to thank everyone who has been with us through what has been a rough year. When you're, so many of your stars get hurt, when there's the controversy there is with some of the players, when there's the controversy with the name change, uh, when this is a team, you know, we talked about hating change. Uh, part of what was so fun in the previous 10 years for me, on top of having like the greatest job of my life, uh, was like the Indians were really good every year. We had a playoff team. Like it was almost like we were playing till October. It's like, okay, now it gets fun. Now we get the pressure of the playoffs. Now this is when we can kind of jump in and, you know, can they be the team? Can they follow in LeBron's footsteps and be the next champion? And I miss that. I'm sure everyone else misses that as well. And they're building for the chance to get back there again. I still think this is kind of the in-between years. Uh, they still have to figure out. But as this talent starts hitting in waves, and remember, really, the top prospects didn't get there this year. They didn't. Nolan Jones, uh, he's going to need some ankle surgery in the offseason. Uh, Freeman needed sol- shoulder surgery. They're, they're beat up in terms of some of those guys. Uh, but, the you know, Valera just got to double A. The top prospects are going to start hitting this year. I should say next year uh, and the year after that. And hopefully these waves will keep coming. We'll figure out the 40 man and the rule five mess. We'll continue to dive in the history. I'll do mailbags. I'll talk draft. I'll talk prospects, but I want to thank you all for tuning in throughout the course of this year, sticking with me through the ups and downs of the podcasting world. Let's continue to push. Let's continue to make this one of the best baseball podcasts around and one of the best Indians or guardians uh, podcasts there are. Let's get into the top 10 
on the MLB podcast on Lockdown. Let's stay in the top 100 podcast about baseball. So remember, just download daily, rate and review, get a friend to listen, get a parent to listen, all those things. I mean, download on multiple devices. Hey, anything you can do to help our little podcast grow, because it is our podcast. I want to share that with all the listeners out there. I want to remind and thank everyone again for making Lockdown Indians your first listen of the day. I hope you've enjoyed this season, even with its struggles and disappointments. I have been Jeff Ellis. You can follow me on Twitter at JeffMLBDraft. And I mean, for the last time, we were 600 odd episodes in, but let's do what I used to end the podcast for 500 episodes for the last time and go tribe.